<laughs> blow the whistle, Ooh, baby. Blow the whistle. It's time to get started, folks. Welcome in to a brand new revitalized version of Chat 10 Sports. It's 2022. The season is underway, Chase. Baby, how mm. are you doing tonight? Because we had a bit of an up and down. We had a roller coaster on Saturday and yep. a roller coaster on Sunday. One went this way. The other went that way. How are you feeling tonight? Happy Monday to everybody watching in. As you're rolling in, do us a favor. Check us out, follow us, and make sure to share the show. But Chase, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Man, I'm doing really well, uh, considering yesterday was a tough day for fantasy, a mediocre day for bets, and, you know, bad (laughs) for the friend group, man, with the Falcons' tough loss. You know, in the Chattanooga area, we got a lot of boys with some Falcons attire that are still rocking. Tough L all around for the Southeast right now. For sure. Tough L. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I feel great. I just got done with a little workout. Obviously, we got a game going on here out in Seattle. Uh, Seattle, for some reason, is booing Russell Wilson. Not really sure why, what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing fantastic. But let's just jump right into it. Um, We had to kind of debate if you're watching with us right now. Good news first, bad news first. But let's hit the bad news first. Let's get it over with. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans lose. To the New York Giants, uh, twenty-one to twenty, on a, obviously a failed last-minute uh, field goal attempt from Randy Bullock, who I will yep. call him Randy. Fat Randy is kind of a loving term of endearment, if you will. Yep. Um, Chase, I want to start from the top, man. Obviously, first half and second half, contrast-wise, were completely different for the Titans. We're known as a team that can come out in the second half, obviously overcome issues, but first half. Clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, Rashad Weaver's coming out. Jeff Simmons coming out. Um, offense looked to be doing pretty well. I thought the offensive line first half looked pretty pretty solid as far as Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got to see a lot of Burks, a lot of Phillips. But what do you think coming out of the gate for the Tennessee Titans? Out of the gate, pretty solid. I mean, nothing crazy. It was a methodical look. I, I honestly, you just expected, okay, it's going to be a little slow. There's a lot of new pieces. Very, very different receiving group. I mean, I know you're yeah. used to Westbrook Keene, but him, I mean, Phillips is new. Your Burks, your Woods, I mean, even Hooper. Uh, there was some there was some tough looks on the tight ends yesterday, but yeah, overall, okay-ish. Like you go yeah. down, you get score, you you score drives, you're like, okay, we're gonna go up 13-0. It's not gonna be a dominating win, but it'll be okay. And yeah, it turned the tide. For sure. Yeah, I'm actually throwing out some stats here. Blake Shoemaker, our producer and contributor here with Chat 10 Sports, saying Kyle Phillips had as many targets as Burks at nine. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Kyle Phillips had as many targets, nine, as Burks, Woods, and Westbrook Akina added together. So, obviously, Tannehill. I mean, the slot guy is going to have a little bit, you know, yeah. quicker feet, easier routes. Yeah. I mean, maybe a five-yard out. But throughout the entire day, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Phillips, I thought Burke were, were – you know, we're, we're solid for sure. Um, yeah. First half, obviously not a ton of officiating issues as far as flags against the Titans. There was a big call against Burks, I think, on the second, maybe third drive. Yeah, it was that second drive, I believe. Corner got wrapped him up. Um, and there were I found there were a few different times throughout the game where obviously calls were, were becoming more and more of a thing, bigger impact in the game. Uh, but what do you think about the actual Jerome Boger and, and co? Uh, that – that offensive, that defensive pass interference miss call was brutal. I mean, that's yeah. one of the worst calls I saw all day. Like miss calls I saw all day. That one's a tough one because he definitely would have got there. 
probably would have made that play. It was a, it was a beautiful ball. And it's one of those you're like, dad gun. That's a, that's a bad one, man. That's one of those. Somebody has to step over and be like, Hey, you know, you got, you got to throw this now. It doesn't matter if it's Mm -hmm. late. I don't care if you make some giants fans mad. Like it's pretty blatant that this happened. So that was a tough one. Um, But like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of mistakes. I felt like I really didn't see anything too inefficient early on from the Titans, but it just didn't feel like they were putting away those drives. Like that would have been mm-hmm. a big hitter. That would have been nice. There just wasn't any monster, monster plays. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not always the Titans thing, but you have to figure out some ways to get this team off balance. And they never, ever just put away a lesser Giants team. So yeah. I think the Titans are still better overall. Saquon had a beautiful day, but this Saquon Titans team did. should have been overwhelmingly better than this Giants team. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree for the sake of, again, it's a mystery of the first half team versus the second half team. I mean, maybe the Giants finally have a coach where they can actually make the adjustments that they need. But for Saquon, first time he's been healthy and who knows really how long. long um, I mean, he was, especially second half, he was running hard. The big run, I think it was, what, 65, 70 yarder. Um, yeah. Or maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, but I do want to bring Blake Shoemaker on with this, Blake. I, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. Obviously, you're probably running some stats. But give me your thoughts, Titans offense, out of the gates from, from quarter one until halftime. What did you think? What did you see? And what did you like and not like? You know, it's it's really strange um, because, like you said, it was a game that was a tale of two halves. Um, you guys, or at least you, Trey, you were in Nashville for the game, and I was here at the watch party. And the atmosphere was awesome at halftime. Everybody was excited. Everybody's like, yes, you know, the receivers are not as bad as we thought they would be. You Mm -hmm. know, we've got this lead, you know, everything is under control. And then in the second half, it's like a completely different team came out. And I know we've discussed it in past episodes, but the play calling questionable at best. Um, I was telling you guys about this the other day, the Titans had third and three, third down and three yards to go or less four times in the fourth quarter, two of those were third and one, and not once did they hand the ball to Derrick Henry. And all yeah. four of those were punts. Yeah. So it's, you know, you can put it on a lot of things. Yes, you need a kicker who's going to make the big kick at the end of the game. Um, yes, you need to, you know, make plays downfield. But it's it's just one of those things where you have to put yourself in the best position to win the game. Yeah. I have another, I have a top on that. So I was listening yet today to 104.5, and so Derek, so we had 21 first down plays, okay? 18 of those were Derek Henry runs. In total, Derek only had 21 rushes yesterday. So mm-hmm. 18 of his 21 runs were first and 10 or first or first and 15 or or less. It's brutal. It's brutal that there is no complexity to this offense. And you're also putting Derek in a terrible position because they're like, oh, we can stack the box. He's not going to do anything different. And I get, we all understand what kind of freakazoid he is. We, I, I get that. You know, that's all the cool videos, all that stuff. But you have to be a little bit more creative. I mean, anything. Just uh, I mean, a, a swing pass. Who cares? Do something different. Just throw them off guard. But like you mentioned, Blake, the play calling yesterday was just atrocious throughout. Yeah, I think a lot of people after the game were obviously going directly to Todd Downing. 
I mean, it seemed like the second half he he picked up right where he left off from the Bengals game in the divisional round last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say I did like, and Tannehill spoke about this post game was the use of Dontrell Hilliard. Obviously, flats, mm-hmm. couple touchdowns. Was not anticipating that. Shout out to anybody who picked Dontrell Hilliard for two touchdowns yesterday. But <laughs> but no, I I, I liked. I, I was concerned. Let's see. In the second, obviously, the, the final drive, no Derrick Henry on the field. We know he's on a great pass catcher. Haskins might be better. Hilliard might be better. But when you have what confused me, and maybe you guys can help me understand this a little bit more, I was actually standing on the north end zone watching kind of the jumbotron slash down the field. But everybody was saying, where the hell is Henry? Why are we not seeing Henry at least on the field? Now, he's gotten better. We do know he has gotten better as a receiver. 100%. Why are we in the stands and at watch parties and across the state, across the country watching the Titans? And, and we're asking these questions of Todd Downey. That seems so damn blatantly obvious. When A.J. Brown's gone, obviously the defense is going to adjust and who are they watching? Henry's the one guy we have to account for. And and Blake did, uh, I want to throw this stat up here a second ago, Swain Garner more snaps than any other skill position player, including all the receivers, tight ends, and Derrick Henry. What? Your, like your third best tight end. Tight end. <laughs> Did you guys see Vrabel's comp? Do you see his comments today about Swain? No, but I feel like he's going to say something that he loves him, and I'm sick of it already. He said he's our best blocking tight end. If that's our if that's our best blocking tight end, we have to, we, we're doing something wrong here, team. That's a we're pretty big indictment against Hooper as a veteran guy who yeah. should be well rounded, <laughs> and I mean, especially for a guy who we're all kind of scratching our heads as far as why he got a deal as it is but yeah i mean i'm i'll I'll move on from that but yeah that final drive i i did not love the fact that we had one timeout we already threw a i mean Tannehill threw a beautiful ball to phillips got out of bounds we didn't need to take the tight the timeout i thought you could maybe throw one long because because burks guys Traylon burks was getting wide open he was getting press coverage he was getting the separation and if Tannehill threw the exact same ball on the opposite side of the field, I think that we could have at least been with inside the 20, maybe more. Um, but what do you guys think of the handling specifically where, yeah, we got out of bounds, timeout, and then they kicked the field goal where it just seemed like they were, what, seven seconds left maybe, and it just seemed a little conservative. I don't like it. Um, I know that he gave the reasoning in the postgame presser that he specifically did that on purpose to get him to the hash he wanted to get to. I don't know about that. I mean, it, even if you have a a more established, longer-term kicker than you have in Bullock, you're going to try to get the kick as short as you can. So I don't mm-hmm. like settling for a long, for nearly a 50-yard field goal attempt in a situation like that where your team has largely been on the ropes the entire second half. I mean, you look at the whole game, we were 3 of 11 on third down, and most of those were in really short-yard situations. And you mentioned Swaim. He's the least talented tight end on the roster, and he had more targets than the other two tight ends put together. And Austin yeah. Hooper was supposed to be a big part of this offense. Yep. You know, and they didn't even look towards him until the fourth quarter. By that point, it was pretty much, you know, too late. And at one point, he even called a tight end screen to Swaim. <laughs> and it's like, what are we even doing right now? But I, I wasn't a fan of the clock management at the end of the game. Um, we were bailed out by the penalty you know, mm-hmm. to kind of extend the drive. And we were lucky to be in the position to have a chance to win the game. Um, but I, I don't like I don't like being so conservative at the end of the game. 
Yeah. That 18 seconds, man, that calling that timeout changed everything. And it's one of those situations, uh, if you're a Titans fan or just a football person, you understand that it's not looking good after that. It's mm-hmm. funny. It's funny the notions that you see in a game. You're like, it, they screwed that up bad. That's they said they just they had some momentum. They were rolling. Everything looked pretty good. Like you said, Blake, you don't settle for this like small little field goal. You know, you're 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 not going. You're not settling for a 47 yarder now. You're selling for a, you know a 38 yarder maybe. Mm-hmm. Even if you get 10, nine, 10 more yards, that makes a world of difference for somebody like Bullock. And it's so frustrating to see that they had a huge opportunity just to manage a clock, get one more play with some momentum. You got some wide receivers that are kind of getting open at that point. So maybe you can hit one of them, get him out of bounds, maybe get Phillips because he had a great little mismatch out there all day, I felt like. They really found that. They got him one-on-one multiple times. Like He actually missed a few uh, in the first half, would have got a couple first downs, but that's okay. You know, one was one- – Sorry, guys, I'm having a hard time hearing you real quick. One second. Um, not sure what happened there. I think I'm hearing you. Chase, you hear me? I'm still here. <laughs> okay, Blake, you're hearing me as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hearing anything. Let me – let's take a quick 30 seconds, and then we'll come right back. Uh, if you're obviously watching with us, do us a favor, stick around. Like the show wherever you're watching. I did want to give a shout-out before we go to Paddlefoot Wales saying, telling it like it is. Y'all are nailing it. Trying to get Chase back real quick. Um, But let me take – Is it better? We are hearing you. Oh, so no no kidding. My my girlfriend, I saw – I literally saw this over across. (laughs) On my computer, it said AirPods connected. I was like, mother (laughs) – I didn't know what I did. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I saw it pop up. And all yeah. They have no idea where I am. Yeah. Well, we're, we're back now. And I'll, I want to start off, obviously, for viewers everywhere. We're going to throw some questions <clears throat> up, some comments that you guys can reply to wherever you're watching right now. But do us a favor. Tell us, did the Titans defense miss a beat? Because it seemed for me, obviously, Joe Burrow, Bengals coming at home in Nashville, nine sacks. Five yesterday, no Harold Landry. I mean, obviously 21 points that defeated the Titans, but first half coming out of the gate, did the Titans miss a beat? Because I was loving it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Blake. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's obviously going into the season, you have the big injury to Landry, and it's like, oh, my gosh, because everything was lining up so well. So you really didn't know what you were going to get coming in, but – all that notwithstanding, we had the number two rushing defense in the league last year, and we returned all but one member of the front seven. And in the first half, we looked really good. But what in the mm. world happened? It's it's like we entered the upside down in the second half. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't quick. really, yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. But I mean, the first half was great. You know, I mean, pressures and sacks everywhere, and I mean. <laughs> Simmons is a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. he is just his nickname needs to be the problem because he is a problem and is going to be a problem. But I'm just not sure what happened in that second half. Mm-hmm. If well, Chase, I wanted to respond to, to, to ahead, Simmons yeah, yeah. where the strip sack where I think he had 
I think Jeff started out wide and the tackle and the guard kind of missed the transition and he split them and went right to Daniel, Daniel Jones. But I mean, there were at one point three offensive linemen stopped waiting for Simmons to come through and he, they literally couldn't do a thing to stop him. But yeah, Simmons for sure is, uh, is, is the guy that we all anticipated, but Chase, give me your thoughts, man. Let's get to the defense. Did they miss a beat? I don't feel like they did on the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Now, as Blake mentioned in the second half, I did feel like they were getting a little over, over hyped up on trying to do that run pursuit. And I thought the run defense was mediocre. I think, you know, Saquon's very talented, but they're not, they made a lot of big plays and the giants utilized him in a fourth quarter last minute drive as their primary option, not Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. They really didn't want Daniel Jones throwing the ball, but they use Saquon, a running back, to go down and drive and beat the Titans. That's how that's how useful he was yesterday and how much they believed in Saquon versus our run defense. And I thought that – I don't know if our linebackers had their best day. Uh, I thought the I thought the defensive line just got, you know, their, in, their ears pinned back too much sometimes. There's yeah. a little bit of over-pursuit, and I'm just like, dadgummit, man. Like, figure out a way for these, this Titans group has to just figure out a way to – you know, to football's terms, stay in your gap, stay in your lane, you know, do all that stuff and not get too dom like almost too dominant in a way because you're you're just crushing that O line in the first half on on pass rush and you're like, oh my gosh, we can just eat these guys alive. But then they the Giants took to their credit did a really good job of using that against the Titans, you know, yeah. getting them a little off kilter, quarter, you know, half second delays, handoff. Bingo! There goes Saquon. You're like, Dad, go, dude. This guy's tough. He's he's so talented. You can't miss on him, and he is. He's got those freaking ham hocks for quads, man. So dude, he is. Oh, what did you what did you think about overall in the defense yesterday? I thought you were talking about run defense. I thought that you know, I think mediocre is kind of generous for them. From Sa- I think Saquon is the reason that the Giants won this game. I think our inside linebacking group, um, obviously Christian Fulton. Got toasted and then got ran over at the very end by Saquon. And Saquon kind of looked at him as he was stepping over his the remains <laughs> of yeah. Christian Fulton there on the goal line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but no, I think, uh, yeah, Jeff Simmons. Obviously, I thought Rashad Weaver coming off the broken leg. Yeah, if if he was there last year with Harold, I'm thinking maybe the Titans know what they have in this defensive line. And But like you said, I mean, the inside linebacking group for me is not – to my liking, it's not. Uh, I, there were a few times I saw tweets about Zach Cunningham doing his best Rashawn Evans impersonation. Yeah. I forget who tweeted that, but I mean, it was it was night and day to me. First half, second half, and obviously these games come down to the wire at times. These field goals, obviously, I was I was surprised that Randy missed it. Me too. It was it was just that shot with your club. Like if, if you're taken off and you just get way too much of it and it seemed like they were coming the way that they were trying to block that field goal. I mean, they sent the, the, the house and everything, but maybe Randy got his footing wrong, but I just thought defensively started to jump on Randy again, but no, I thought no. defensively they got, it is week one. There's a lot to shore up, but I mean, yeah, Christian Fulton. And I, I thought it was interesting that, that, Farley started behind Roger McCreary. Really? Yeah, uh, and I know he's coming off the ACL, but what do you think about that? Um, just from what you know, what we know, and what we see on 
the interwebs and whatnot. It did sound like McCreary had a really good shot, but it's similar in sake, I guess, like it's kind of 2A, 2B situation. Um, I actually thought we might see a little bit more Farley. I think there, I mean, I know he played quite a bit, but um, yeah, I I guess it's just wasn't, this wasn't the team that I, that was going to be a situational package where you used all three of them a lot. Um, But man, Fulton did not have his best day. And I was really, really hoping that this would kind of be his day to shine because I don't think this is a, knockout wide receiver core for right for the New York Giants. But um I'm not trying to be anything sort of morbid or whatnot here. But I was I, I said actually on the radio last Friday, I don't love the Giants on 9-11. Yeah. Like, you know you you, well, you said it last week on this podcast. Oh yeah. Because well, yeah. <clears throat> it just uh I mean I'll say having been there at Nissan, they travel well. They were loud. There was one point that when when I think Saquon had his big run in the, in the maybe first half or early third quarter or whatever it was that that's, they started getting life. And, you know, as the, as time went on, it, it, it just felt like one of those games, like, like fourth quarter, like how is this thing still going? Why are we, why are we still this close from the first half? You thought Vrabel might do something, but um, I, I did want to make mention of this because I, I want to, talk to you know obviously a beat writer about this see what's going on so if you're watching this or if you're listening to this after the fact this thursday this upcoming thursday uh the 15th if i'm got that right paul kaharski of paulkaharski.com outkit 360 will be joining us live here to break down this loss and also to preview for the titans moving to the bills we won't talk too much bills tonight um obviously to react to the weekend um, any other things? I know, obviously, we can talk some NFL. And and how are you feeling, just to kind of give a thought, having seen what you saw out of the Bills, what you saw out of the Titans, how are you feeling about Monday night football this week? Well, I actually do- I tweeted this last week. How Because people are like, oh, you know, the Bills, Titans. I'm like, you know what? It would be so Titans to go up there and win. Mm-hmm. But I gave the caveat of they either lose like they did this week. Mm-hmm. Or they lose the following week, and you're like, "Come on!" Like it's got to be a follow up somehow because they, I think they're actually like four and two uh, as straight up dogs on the road or something crazy like mm-hmm. that. So it's just like, man, <sighs> figure it out, guys. Like just quit. Pl- it's almost like you play to your competition. This yeah. this team is so so good about that, and they have been ever since. We've got Brable. I really do feel mm-hmm. like that. You know, we've had Tennessee. The Titans have got a couple of losses every single year. They should not be losing. Yeah. There, there's multiple teams, and there's a couple teams you're like, I don't know if we're going to win this game, but they wind up doing it. Doesn't it feel right. like that? It does. And that was, I mean, a lot of fans were saying as we were leaving the stadium, typical Titans, you know. And yeah. unfortunately, I mean – I honestly think sometimes this is just the NFL. Like every team is just typically going to lose to a team they should not lose to. Yep. But, you know, I, it felt like the way they lost was just enough. Get that field goal. Cause you also got to think like last year, we saw the Bills and the Chiefs shooting it out in the playoffs, just throwing touchdown after touchdown. But what does it say about either the offensive coordinator or the quarterback or for whatever reason, the way that they handled that last drive, it just seems so pussy-footed conservative and it's like yep Mahomes and Allen and and Aaron Rodgers obviously he struggled yesterday which we can talk about you know not yeah. to 
Shout out our boy G from uh, from the Word with G and ESPN. Dude, <laughs> we text the group between he, me, him, and Maggie. We had a tough Woo! day. We had a tough yeah. day. Yeah, but there were several teams. I felt like there were several teams that obviously lost to lesser teams. But um, at the end of the day, I, I'm we lost to the Jets a couple years ago. We 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 have those. I don't want to throw that that like title out like you were saying. It feels typical Titans. We've been here before. We only played our competition. It's a new year, but Again, to mention Paul Kaharski, the whole theme with Three Six Mafia in house yesterday was who who run it, and it's we run it. And I feel like the Titans got ran all over. You sure know, did. Saquon straight up, and Christian Fulton literally ran over him, but or he, he got ran over by Saquon. But it sure did. But yeah, um, man, any other thoughts with Titans before we move on? Not not really with Titans. I was going to ask you just as a whole. I mean, yesterday was a rough day, rough day mm-hmm. for the FC South, and honestly, nobody looked good. Nobody, yeah. nobody looked good. Uh, I don't think that Commanders team's very good. I know the Jags hung around with them. Somehow that Commanders team covered. If you are a betting person, you're like, oh, crap, how in the world? But honestly, looking around, it's the NFC East and the AFC South. I don't know who you think's worse right now, but it is a tough race down here at the bottom. From, from week one, overreaction, fun times. This is going to all turn around, I think. But right now, you think the mm-hmm. AFC, AFC South's the worst conference? I think today and after this weekend, for sure, I had several people, several people saying, how are the Texans competing with the the the, the Colts? Obviously, I, I didn't know coming back from Nashville and driving that the Colts ended up tying to the Texans and the Jaguars lose, which I was talking some smack with a Jags friend of mine who lives down there. She's a teacher. She said one of her, her students said, ma'am, I said her name, but th- this team is horrible. <laughs> Just like you can't do anything. But I mean – Time will tell. I, I I'm I think the most feedback I got from people who really watched the Colts Texans was that Matt Ryan is past his prime. He's he, he's they're gonna squeeze whatever drops they can get out of him. Um, but that's that's the tough thing too, man. If we're asking this question and the Titans can't win the division, like that's where that's where I'm like, all right, maybe it was a soft rebuild. Maybe we are reshuffling the deck the deck. But for me. Now's the time, just like it was last year. And I don't know if that's a thing that's people the, – the window hasn't passed, but if people honestly feel like the Titans are kind of, hey, weak division, let's rebuild – a soft rebuild, and we'll see what we can do and try and get in the playoffs. But do you feel there's any, like, as bad as the division was yesterday and the Titans losing as a part of that foursome, are you concerned that anybody could just stink it up and fall into a position where they're in a playoff spot? Um. I mean, I really do feel like this is probably a – this might be a non-win division winner. That's tough to think about in a 17-game format. But if 9-8, and eight, might actually win this division. Mm-hmm. And I think that Titans 9.5 is actually the most beautiful, perfect betting odds over-under for the season because there's going to be so many swing games – and as we mentioned, typical Titans are gonna you, you have to pick out one random team they're gonna lose to. They shouldn't they shouldn't lose to. Maybe they got it over with. But mm-hmm. I mean, we had some bad Titans teams beat like the Kansas City Chiefs game one before. And you know, this is all gonna be overreaction. We've seen this multiple times. I people are like, oh wow, the Bengals had a terrible week. And they did. Joe Burrow yeah. did not look good. And they yeah. ate him alive on, up front. Aaron Rodgers and that offense looked terrible. Yeah. 
And let's see what our boy Gavin says down here. The NFC South, as of right now, is the worst, but the NFC East will be by the end of the season. I, I didn't watch much of the Jags-Commanders game, but just kind of keeping up, a little red zone action. Yikes City, man. Uh, the Colts, Texans. I think the Texans are actually weirdly a little bit better than people give them credit for. Uh, I think Davis Mills is all all right. I'm not. I'm not saying they're good. They're not going to make the playoffs. But I'm saying they're not just. They're not the worst roster in the NFL. It's not great. It's not mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got a reliable option. Brandon Cooks, that guy gets up 1,100 yards. It feels like every year somehow, yeah. some way. Davis Mills made it work last year at times. So I don't know it. I kind of agree with that. I think right now, when you look at it, there were some atrocious games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the NFC East, man, dude, yeah. Cowboys look terrible. Well, it's interesting with, with Gavin's comment here. I think he did a great job breaking down our division. I don't want to sleep on the Jags. Obviously, Urban Meyer's gone. I forget uh, Doug Peterson, uh, head no, coach down Doug, there. Doug Marone. Is it Doug Mar- Peterson or Marone? Marone. Marone. You're right. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Who Wait. is it? I'm wait. One of the Dugs. Wait a second here. I think Blake, if you'll check that, Blake's our producer. We'll double check that that stat. But my point being, I think the Jags are going to get slept on because, you know, obviously the Urban Meyer experiment went horribly wrong. Obviously, that it is it is yeah. Doug, Doug Peterson. And Doug Peterson. Thanks to Gavin. Also, Gavin, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for yeah. for tuning in and commenting here with us. Um, but yeah, I think between the Jaguars, like you mentioned, and in house, I think we could potentially lose. To the Texans or the Jags, just yeah. because, like you said, and my concern right now is if we're going to play to our competition, and next week we got Buffalo, then the Raiders, then the Colts, then the Commanders. It's like either we're going to be a top-notch team playing at this level, and then you have those crappy teams come through. But if they're going to do it in a week six, I forgot about this, a week six bye. We had a nice, what was it, 12, 13, 14 weeks uh, by last last year, so a lot lot to happen there. But I did want to make mention of that, given the NFC East, Dak's going down for some weeks with the thumb. So many injuries that you know. Obviously, I know a ton of people uh, with obviously fantasy fantasy players that are losing them for the year. But you just never know what how it's going to shake out. I just hope that we can stay healthy. And I did want to mention this as well before we completely uh, move on from Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, off-season conversation was, was it, is it Downey or is it Tannehill? Um, Tannehill looked like he had plenty of time for the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. One sack allowed. Uh, Blake did throw some stats here. It was He went 30 for 50, 32 for 50, excuse me, 352. One touchdown. He had two touchdowns, right? Yeah, he did. Two, two to Dontrell and then one interception. So a total QBR rating of 48.2. Do you find that Tannehill did enough yesterday? Um, I'm sorry, he was giving me Matt Ryan's stats, not not Tannehill. That's why it's, yeah. it's wrong, my fault. But do you feel like like Tannehill did what he could have done? And it goes back to that last drive of taking the timeout, moving to the right hash, and just let's get the field goal. I feel like this team, sh- excuse me, shit the bed in two ways. They didn't rely on their quarterback to do what he was doing for the majority of the game. He mm-hmm. spread it out very well, mm-hmm. and they didn't have Derrick Henry on the field. But did Tannehill in the game when it mattered and when it counted? Did he did he make the most of his snaps in the game? You think? I I really really like the way he played yesterday. 
I don't mm-hmm. think it, you know if you as long as you know in context, if you know Ryan Tannehill is not going to be Patrick Mahomes, if you get that out of your mind, if you think okay, if he can be, I mean, really solid. Some of the throws he made yesterday, that outside shoulder throw to to Cal Phillips off the break was an absolute dime piece. Mm-hmm. The miss pass interference call to Burks was an absolute dime piece. Mm-hmm. Those were some really good throws, and that's a big miss hitter because that's that would have been a probably a 45, 50 yard game at least. And yeah. you missed that one. You missed a couple others, but I thought he looked really good yesterday. I thought he had some really good rhythm to him. He didn't look skittish. Uh, if you watched any of the, I mean, take out the monsoon part, but if you watched any of Trey Lance yesterday, it yeah. was uh, uh, just jittery. Just you, you're just so uncontained. And I thought Tannehill looked pretty solid because I thought there were a couple drops. There was a there was a big one on second down that Phillips missed. Now it's one of those like he sat sat there in the hole right there, and, and in between the zone and. Tannehill freaking lasered one in. But, you know, if at wide receiver, you kind of expect him to jump catch it. That was mm-hmm. a missed one. But, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, Phillips played so well. I just thought Tannehill played pretty dang good. Not great, mm-hmm. but pretty dang good. And as you mentioned, they didn't have a lot of rush, but, you know, they were without two of their defensive ends. Thibodeau didn't play. Uh, I just didn't feel like they were up to snuff anyways to bring pressure and it would have been really bad for that offensive line if that defensive line would have got to them yesterday. But right. Yeah. Overall seven point eight out of ten. I you? dig it. No, I well you, you got me thinking on the defensive side of the ball again. If if the offensive line, if they can stop this injured mediocre pass rush and hold hold them to one sack, obviously just the schedule in front of us concerns me, man. Obviously, uh, Von Miller did work last week. Oh my god! And my thing is, is he going to be lining up on on Nicholas Petit Friere? Because it sure is. I hope you're ready for the NFL, big dog. Well, we're not going to see Jeff Swain a ton as far as catches because he'll probably be chip chipping and maybe Kyle Phillips as well. Because better be blocking that in. That's rough, man. But good, yeah, good mention. No, but I think finally it's a it's a rough loss. Last second had a few of those yesterday. Luckily, for the most part, we came out healthy, and we're on to Buffalo. You know, and now, like I mentioned, for all those that are watching us or listening to us beyond the live show next week, or excuse me, this Thursday the fifteenth, we'll have Paul Kaharski on uh, to break down his opinions and thoughts on the loss, and then prepare also for Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. By the way, if you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, I do want to make you aware this Monday night, the Chattanooga Titans fans, if you take that name and you search it anywhere on social media, you'll find the Chattanooga Titans fans. Make sure and follow them. Join the group. Check out the events page as well. um, And make sure. Uh Uh-oh. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. Check us out anywhere. There will be plenty to talk about on Monday. But, yeah, Paul Kaharski on Thursday. Trey, are you back? I'm back. I'm sorry. Did I break up there? You did. Sorry, dude. But it was a I great just... pose. You had a distinguished face. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, great. hey, correction here on stats. Tannehill, 20 for 33, 266, two touchdowns. No interceptions. Yeah, like you said, I think solid day for Tannehill. Um, I do want to see more. Um, I do want to see more. Let's see here. From... Our tight end group. 
I think Swain being that guy. I think Chick, Chick and Kakwe too. Like you got to get that guy involved as quick as he is. Yeah. Maybe he's raw. Maybe they they know more. Um, shout out to our guy Craig Story. Swain will play. On, Swain will play a lot next week because he's our best run blocker. Face palm. We all heard it from, from Chase earlier. Dude, uh, <laughs> if, did you watch? Did you watch most of Thursday Night Football last week? With the Bills? Yeah. Okay. The most part, yes. Okay, so there were a couple times Tyler Higby got lined up one on one with Von Miller. Uh, a lot of it was like backside stuff, but still, you don't want that situation. That could be terrible. Yeah, for the Titans group. If if Swaim's our best run blocker, there's going to be a couple on the backside because Vaughn broke up a couple. They had a on the far side away from Vaughn. They had a wide receiver screen to Cup, and the fact that Vaughn just did a a double handed swim move. On Higby, he actually made the the tackle on the opposite side of the field for Cup. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to happen to the Titans if yeah. that's how Swaim's going to get some one on ones. Vaughn's disruptive enough where he could make it to the opposite side of the field because we're going to get work a few times. And who, there's a lot to work on. But as we mentioned, this is totally something the Titans could do and turn around and they could jump on this uh, this Bills Mafia and tables could be broken in sadness. Yeah, and going on the road. That's, I mean. Yikes, man. I can't feel confident, but like you said, we know what this Titans team can do. They get slept on. Uh, Let's put the Titans to bed. I will say, though, didn't bet any this week. Didn't risk any money. I wasn't feeling great, just given, obviously, the first week start. We're Um, 7-6 and in college football, boys and girls. We're 7-6 and in college football. That'll work, baby. Let's go. Hey, Mom. All right. Ma, what's going on here? All right, let's talk some Tennessee Volunteers. If you're if you're joining us right now, obviously, if you're new to Chat Ten Sports, we are talking all things Tennessee sports and everything in between. Facebook, Instagram, we're on YouTube. Obviously, we're going live. You can also find this audio anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Be sure to keep up with us. Throw about throw out your opinions with us in the chat, and we will give you a shout out. But the Tennessee Vols go up to the Steel City. And take on Pittsburgh, obviously an overtime win. Chase, as you asked this question, was this a good win or did the Vols just survive? And again, if you're watching with us, be sure to comment along with us. But what were your thoughts, brother? Um, I really thought that I thought this was a good win. I thought this was a really good win because it was a redemption, it was a swing game, it was away from home. And you won because you had your two best players make a play and win in overtime. Mm -hmm. I think it means something whenever it is a jump ball situation from hitting hooker to Cedric Tillman and Cedric Tillman had a wonderful day stats wise, but there were actually a few plays he missed. He had nine catches for, I think 162 yards and two touchdowns. And I think he could have played better. Yeah. That's the crazy part. So was it the most perfect win of all time? It sure wasn't, but it was mm-hmm. a really good win. Top 15 team in the country. You go out, you beat Pittsburgh, who's not a bad team. Now, I know you took out a couple quarterbacks and, you know, it was a little, a little ugly at times, but Falls didn't score a touchdown in the second half. But I actually thought, did they survive? Yeah, but I thought it was still a good win. You? Yeah, I thought it was a good win, especially going on the road. You know, I think this team's still young in the hypo area, excuse me, era. 
And it's always a test to get in a big old was it was it formerly Heinz? What stadium did we play at? Or uh that was former Heinz, but it's like as Ashrears. I can't remember. I don't know. Okay. What it's the Steelers there. Stadium though. Yeah, yeah. It's still yeah, so you know, not, not as ugly, big as yeah. Neeland. Do what now? Yeah, it's still an ugly stadium. Yeah, but I just yeah. I thought I thought the Vols trap happen as far as offensively obviously today Hendon Hooker coming out sixth overall as far well sixth overall I don't know what he's going with there uh yeah Craig it's a it's a good win I'm bringing you in I'm bringing you in this is oh he's back <laughs> there he is nailed it we're killing oh it man the computer issues today <laughs> we're killing it Goodness. This is our this is our preseason. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we didn't take preseason snaps this year, and this is our fault. <laughs> that is another thing to go back in the NFL. Play a few preseason snaps, teams. You can tell a big difference. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. Can are you are you hearing me? Seeing me? Okay. We got you, bro. And of course, got Blake back in. Uh, as far as the teams young in the high school area Not era, I said this. Am I losing it again? <laughs> Yeah. Domo Arigato, right. Mr. Roboto. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> you're good. You're good. All right. You're back. I'm, I'm getting a signal that my, my, my connection's unstable right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to step out here and I'm going to let you guys talk a little t- in Tennessee. Obviously I want to hear Blake's opinion on, on Alabama here in a little bit, but uh, y'all enjoy it for a little. Yeah. So look at what Gavin said. He had a buddy went to the games that it holds 68,000 people. And easily twenty two thousand were balls. Did you did you see any of the game? It was a. I watched a little bit of it. I was actually in Birmingham at my nephew's uh, birthday party. Uh, nice. Happy third birthday, Caden! If you're out there watching the podcast, <laughs> huge huge podcast guy. No, yeah, absolutely. He's ahead of his time. But anyway, um, we had a great setup outside with the the outdoor TV and the little pavilions and everything. So we were flipping mm-hmm. all over the place. But you know, I know that. I mean, I think I feel pretty comfortable saying that in a situation like this, in a game like this, the stuff they went through where they had the, you know, the turnovers and the stuff like that. I don't know that this is a game Tennessee wins last year. I really don't. Um, I mean, you've got performances from Hooker, you know, 27 of 42, 325 and two touchdowns. And then Tillman, as you mentioned, nine for 162 and a touchdown. Um, really impressive. Um, and I think that's good because I feel like the SEC West has long overshadowed the East, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, um, with few exceptions. But I think I think Florida getting better. I think Tennessee getting better. I think all of those. I mean, some of the best games I've seen in my life were when Florida and Tennessee were the two it teams, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see it go back to that. And as an Alabama fan, it's going to sound weird for me to say this the Alabama Tennessee game has lost a lot of its meaning of late. And I want that back. Like we, we collectively want that back because there's so much history there. Um, But I thought it was a very impressive win for Tennessee because after the first week, you know, just like the NFL, but in college week one is a liar. I mean, it is, I mean, it it is such a liar. Um, So I think a lot of people had a lot of high hopes coming into this week. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of the others that, weren't so fortunate, but Tennessee actually, you know, answered the bell and I was very impressed with how they did. Yeah. I, overall, this team looked very solid in that first half, you know, more so in the second quarter, but that first half in the first quarter, you're looking at it and Tennessee scored the most points in the first quarter, of pretty much any team in the country within the last two years or year and a half, whatever you can call it. And 
it didn't look so good. Those we had two yards in the first two drives, very slow, nothing happening, but then they just found it. And I know that's simple, but it just something clicked, something worked, and you started turning it. And that's the thing about this Tennessee team is there's not a lot of worry because you're going to get so many chances and they can score so quickly that there's never a feeling like you're out of it. Sure, even I, I, I'm seriously, I, I, as a Tennessee fan, in probably the last eight to ten years, there's been a lot of games, as you mentioned, there's there's no way. With any of the three coaches we had, we would have won the, any of those games. And you look back, I mean, even with as much talent as Butch had, the way they lost that Texas A&M game with, with Kamara and all those teams, you look back, they just found ways to lose. This was a good one to find a way to win when you struggled at times. I, I thought overall the defense kind of stepped up after the, I believe it was the fumble, you know, to get a stop and then miss the field goal. That was huge. That was huge. Um, I I don't know, Gavin. I really don't know if they be, if, if Slovis is still in there, I don't know. I, th- I still think Tennessee gets this dub. I, I, I think I, sometimes in a weird way, the resiliency of their backup kind of inspires a team. You, you change the game plan. They do some different stuff. I think the Tennessee had already found their rhythm at that point. Just a little. They were starting to figure it out. Um, shout out to the over 14. I picked that one. Uh, follow me every Saturday for our bets. Um, yeah, we're 7-6 and six on college series, and we've picked all the good ones. So we've made some pretty good money in the last couple weeks, you know? But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Blake, there were some unfortunate losses, and this was a good win for Tennessee this week. And I think it's important to put, point out two of those fumbles and the block punt happened in the second half. I mean, mm-hmm. it sure started to feel like, uh-oh, uh-oh, Tennessee's going to find a way here. <laughs> you know. But, you know, on the road, hostile environment against a team that won a Power, a power 5 conference title last year. I mean, there were a lot yeah. of things stacked against them, and I thought it really spoke – to the character and the leadership of the team that they were able to pull off the W anyway. Yeah, and I do uh, – I'm a boy, Craig. We all know this one. Tennessee gets backup quarterbacks. I bet that record <laughs> is atrocious. And, and you know, what? I, I'm going to say this to Pitt. This is a huge coaching flaw from the Pittsburgh coaching staff. You put in an actual quarterback as your backup. If you would have put in a wide receiver, you would have beat us. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about Tennessee would have lost that game if there would have been a wide receiver coming at quarterback, I, I shit you not. It's it's how it, it's it's the formula, dude. You bring somebody in that's just a stu- stupid athlete, runs around. We can't catch him, no contain. But instead, we've got lineman of the week and SEC player of the week and Hendon Hooker and Bingo Bango. Good win, good win, not great, but good win. Uh they all count. <laughs> They all count. They all count. And it's just going to be such a great setup because I, it's how it's how college football works, especially on the TV part of it. That sets you up. Now they play Florida 3.30 primetime. That game's going to be so massive. I, I need Kentucky, it to be like the classic games. I need that so bad. I have a feeling this one's going to be a good one. I think Kentucky did a really good job this week. I actually went back and watched a little of that uh, yesterday. Yeah, a little bit yesterday, just for a minute. Looking at how Kentucky just made plays on Richardson. I, Richardson just didn't play as well. He had a great week one, uh, Utah. But it was one of those bets I took early 
I took uh, Florida minus four and a half, like maybe Tuesday night. Got lost in the scroll, and I was like, I saw some guy. I was like, dude, this is a lock. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lock, obviously. But then you go back and you look at these highlights and you listen to the really smart people. You're like, oh, if Utah would have just made a couple tackles, Florida wouldn't have won. But you're like, ah, eh, you know, Richardson looked really good, though. I will say that. And I was like, maybe, maybe if he formulates around and, you know, figures some things out, you know, he, he wouldn't have mattered anyways. But Kentucky did a good job. And there's a really good spot for, I, I will say right now, looking at it, I think Tennessee is probably, I don't know, you can probably put Florida, Kentucky in that second tier together um, in the SEC East. You know, obviously Georgia's just doing things, but shout out to Sanford. Hold yes, <laughs> they're my team of the week. <laughs> team of the week, baby! For those yes. of you who don't understand the reference, uh, Sanford University, who played the University of Georgia this week, uh, is my alma mater. Um, spent seven great years there, finishing my doctorate. And uh, going into Sanford Stadium did not feel great about it, especially after seeing what they did to Oregon last week. But Sanford <laughs> only gave up 33 points, which is more than I can say about Oregon. Yes. And as I was telling the guys earlier, it, it so impressed the FCS voters that even though they lost by 33, they raised them up in the polls. So bingo, baby. You take bingo. the victories however you can get them. So exactly. But right, what a yeah, bizarre day. I mean, yeah. who would have thought that, I mean, week one was crazy. You know, week one, I was like, oh, we're not going to approach what we saw in week one with some of these crazy out there games. And then I'll be darned if week two doesn't come along and throw us all for a loop. And, you know, I know you mentioned Alabama and I'm the resident Alabama fan here, but that was the least, I mean, obviously the national championship game last year still stings. That wasn't a great game. And as far as regular season games, that was one of the most, miserable unenjoyable i mean after the fact yeah it's a great game um but we i'm the first to tell you that clearly they're not as good as they thought they were um i thought now trey i'm gonna call you out a little bit here <laughs> trey the moment the ball went through the uprights for texas immediately stated that all, a Auburn had beaten alabama and i'm thinking to myself there's a minute and a half on the clock and the Heisman Trophy winner is is calling the shots, and he's been pretty good in the fourth quarter today. So uh, it was it was a heck of a game. Um, I know that. I mean, there's no excuses. I mean, the the, no. the penalties. I mean, that's the most penalties that they've ever had in a game under Nick Saban, and it was sloppy. And Will Anderson lined up offside, give or take, fifty four times over the course of the game. <laughs> Uh, don't know what's Max. going on there, but um, but yeah, it just kind of was the foreshadowing for what we were going to see the rest of the day, and I'm sure you guys saw some teams weren't so lucky. No, uh, Texas A&M, but dude, I, I want to take that one so bad. Uh, I, as a Carolina fan, also, I uh, got to watch Happy State, and I was like, man, if they just if they can just go out there and freaking score, and Texas A&M have a bad day, then maybe. Mm -hmm. But I didn't because I'm a pansy. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't do it. But I will say this to, to go exactly where you were talking about. We looked at the clock. I was actually sitting at uh, union station up there in Knoxville, you know, doing the typical, like get a little, get a little burger, you know, get some chips and salsa, some queso, some bar food. It's great. And we were going to sit there and watch, but we were sitting there and obviously it's a Tennessee bar and they were packed out. And everybody's, everybody was in their orange and whatnot. And everybody's cheering against you guys, obviously, Blake. Obviously. 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 I would be worried if you weren't. <laughs> but 
there was the minute and 29 left and it's it's really and with Bryce you just kind of know it's that Brady effect where you're like ah shit they left too much time <laughs> I knew like it was it was automatic me and my buddy Jeffrey were sitting there and it's like ah shit that's automatic it's over they're gonna go down there and win and you know my girlfriend's not a huge sports fan so she was like how the hell did y'all know that it's like when you watch enough of this game you just know when good teams are good well, I don't clearly not. I don't know if you were looking at the lines during the game, but after Texas took the lead and Alabama got the ball back, Alabama was still the in-game money line favorite, even after Texas took the lead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I I did not do that. I did not. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't actually understand. And I said Auburn was going to beat Alabama. The kicker. <laughs> I was just like, what if? <laughs> but no, good. I. No, I thought. I thought while I was watching the game, I was like, Alabama looks human. And I know we were going to talk about this, but like, um, I mean, obviously there's conversations at from some pundits, I guess you could say, as far as tight, or excuse me, the balls being in in conversation to beat Georgia. But after seeing Alabama as human as they are, I mean, Blake, are you concerned with as Hendon Hooker's now sixth in Heisman rankings or conversations or whatnot? Obviously, Heupel's offense. What, you know, what we're talking about backup quarterbacks or whether this is a big win or we just survive. But I mean, does it concern you as a, an Alabama fan that you might be human more than th- at this moment in time uh, in, in the Saban era? I think anybody who says they're not concerned right now is kidding themselves or they're just totally not objective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's early enough in the season where changes could still be made, but I was really worried about. I was watching a uh, clip. Do y'all ever watch the uh, SEC shorts on uh, YouTube? Oh, yeah. They had the one earlier today, and it was like the ER, like prepping for all these people to come in. And like they were like prepped for (laughs) Texas to come into the the ER, and Alabama comes in on a stretcher. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's holding the flashlight up to his eyes, and he goes, can you tell me where your offensive line is right now? And then he just flatlines. So (laughs) – no, the offensive line issues. I mean, Bryce Young was very fortunate on that last drive. He just about got steamrolled off the right end by the corner and managed to duck and shrug him off and run downfield for about 20 yards. So offensive line is definitely a problem. Um, the Just the overall feel of the team, just it just feels like something is off right now. And, I mean, they did – they were very, very fortunate to survive the game. Uh, even with the poor offensive line play and, you know, misses all over the place and the defense kind of letting them down at inopportune times. Um, but I, I would definitely be concerned if there aren't any, you know, big changes made. I don't know who the next big game is on the schedule, but I know that I think Alabama has a couple of easier opponents upcoming. Yeah. So maybe a chance to work on kind of tuning those up. I'm looking at the schedule now. Yeah, you have Louisiana Monroe and then you have Vanderbilt and then you have uh, Arkansas on Tim one. Okay. So Arkansas, you don't want to get caught looking ahead, but Arkansas is the next really big test. So you have two weeks to kind of figure some of this stuff out. Uh, but th- at this point in time, you know, I am concerned. I, I always tell people in games like that, like people are freaking out before halftime. I'm like, I'm not going to allow myself to freak out before halftime because nobody motivates a team and nobody makes an adjustment at halftime like Nick Saban does. History yeah. says that time in, time out. So when they came out in the second quarter or the second half, and things were continuing to go the same way as they were down six. It's like, okay, now I'm officially worried. Right, and I can't yeah. say I felt that way very often in the regular season. But, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge to see if they can kind of calm it down and work on the discipline and, and get some of these things shored up. Right. Yeah. And I will say that Bama game, 
to go back to even Tennessee here, the Bama game gives you a little bit of hope as a Tennessee fan. Um, just, you know, reading the Twitter wire. And I know it's not always real life, but there are a lot of things you can take away from Twitter and understand some real fans and people that really love it. I will say that there are at least some weaknesses I think Tennessee can attack. And I think that is the big part for Tennessee is, can you get to 10 wins? And is Alabama, because I mean, that's one of those, like people just wanted to choose, like what's, who's our big upset? Like who's Tennessee's big upset this year? And people want it to be Alabama, obviously. Like that's just, that's the monkey on the back kind of thing. And it's like, huh. When I watch that with the offensive line issues that you guys do have and how well our edge guys are doing right now, I'm doing it, Gavin. I'm going in. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm making the case as a glass half full. Uh, well, uh, just dude. calm down, Chase. Just yeah. calm down. No, 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 no. We're going in, boys. We're going in. He's shoving we're, the uh, chips we're, in. We're not. We're not glass half full. We're running glass empty, baby. Um, there are some ways that I think it would have to be the perfect game. But I do think there are some ways that Tennessee can win, which going into the season, I was like, well, pencil that weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. Oh, no, Terry. <laughs> Back up, Terry. <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. That's what Saban's talking to his wife about. Back up, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Terry. And as Craig mentioned, the Vols did get Alabama trouble for the last, for those first three quarters last year. And there are, things that I do like on this Tennessee team and I think they can attack. I don't think this, I don't, and not to harp too much on them, but like Bryce is super talented, but I don't think he looks as good without, you know, his two first round wide receivers. Exactly. I think think you can mention that. I think that's okay to say. That's a fair statement. Yeah. But good weekend for the balls. Go, go beat the hell out of Akron. Make sure everybody gets stays healthy. Yeah. And you get Florida. You get Florida coming in. They'll probably be three and one. You'll be or sorry, uh, two and one. Uh with a big win over Utah. You know, they'll have that, you know, tough loss up for Kentucky. I'm sure they're they're waiting to get back on a bigger stage. Hmm. Game day should be there. Uh I can't remember who else. there's a couple people. There's one neutral site game. They probably won't go to that. There was another big game they can they might go to, but it should be Florida, Tennessee. Going in for game day, they got the CBS 330 game. It's going to feel fantastic down there. And, uh, yeah, college football is in full swing. The NFL's back. It's a good weekend, boys. I was trying to figure out how far Texas A&M fell, and surprisingly, they're 24. They didn't fall completely out of the top 25. I was wondering if they were going to keep them in. I forgot. I didn't look. I actually didn't look yesterday. Well, I told you all my theory. Like, Texas A&M is just Auburn with oil money. That's Ah, basically what it is. That was you. I remember, yeah, yeah, you said that Mm -hmm. group. Yep. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. I mean, it's it's it's. you, you mentioned Arkansas. Arkansas is becoming the team now. Yep. Because Sam Pittman. And we thought Jimbo and we thought, you know, the Aggies would be that team. I mean, you, you never know when they line up, but if I'm if I'm pushing my chips, like Blake said, I'm I'm not sure if I'm betting as hard as I would have on the the tide. Um I, I will say this, I'm noticing about uh, Vols fans is that we're way more reluctant to be, you know, optimistic and and you know, we've gone through the feels like ninety eight stuff enough, obviously coaching changes, but 
the way Heupel is, even the post-game interview, like you could tell he was just elated trying to get his words out. But, I mean, I'm going to take it one week at a time, and I'm excited to see. Yeah, like you said, Chase, go out there, get you a good moral victory and, and work on your craft kind of day and get the win. And let's go beat the hell out of Florida because I think it's just uh, it's time, especially with, whether it was year last year or a year or two ago. When who was it? Our tight end was running up the sideline, and, he, and it was at Nealon and Florida stripped stripped him, and everything went work, as bad as it could after we were hanging and competing with Florida. Let's yeah. beat him. Obviously, they came out hot uh, against Utah, so we'll see what happens. But but guys, obviously Nebraska fires fr- uh, frost. A lot happening in the sports world. Any other thoughts that we can touch on, even in the comments, if you have a thought that you want to touch on, we'll see if we can share. Yeah, but we're hitting that hour mark. And uh, yeah, before we completely wrap it up, I, I did want to make mention, obviously we're new back at this. Hit the podcast if you can't listen live with us. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for commenting. But any other thoughts in the college football world before we put a bow on this? I think... I really do. I mean, looking at it, Georgia is head and shoulders right now, number one. But it's tough to say they'll repeat, Gavin. I saw you ask that question down there. Will Georgia repeat? But there are a lot of really good teams. And I I think it's actually more – I mean, this is only two weeks in. I get we've not had everybody play good teams yet. But there's a lot of good scoring teams, and there's a lot of – there's a lot of frauds, and Texas A&M got exposed this weekend. Notre Dame got exposed this weekend, mm-hmm. and I really think that this is going to be a very interesting year coming down towards the end. Uh, I think, I think. Well, I'm saying, Gavin, I think, I think Georgia's the best, but then I think there's a lot of really good teams out there, and I think Tennessee could can play. I really do. I'll, I'll say that about that team, and I, I think Bama's. I think that's just a. It's not a fluke game, but it showed a lot. But we all know how receivers are going to respond. That team's only mm-hmm. gonna get better. Mm-hmm. They still got the most improved quarterback. They got the best quarterback in the league. So, what yeah. do you think, Blake? Um, I think it's interesting. Like you said, the, it's been a topsy turvy season already, and we're only two weeks into the season. And of course, you know Notre Dame already with two losses, which means if they lose one more game, they probably won't make the college football playoff. So they should be pretty concerned at this point. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you all the laugh and everything. That was hilarious. Yes, that was great. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe we don't have to see them get blown out by 30 in the first round. Um, But, you know, the expansion is coming. So, you know, keep keep hope alive there. Um, I think we may see a lot more parity this year uh, than we normally have. It may not be the same crew uh, up there at the top with the trouble that Mm -hmm. we've seen with Alabama and that we've seen with Texas A&M. Um, we could have some surprises and uh, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's good overall yeah. because, you know, people kind of get burned out of seeing the same thing over and over again, but uh, it may be maybe a fun season. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Just to touch on Gavin's comment here, as far as Georgia, I mean, I, until someone's takes taking them down, I think, yeah, they, they will repeat in my opinion, obviously in the East. And I mean, I'm trying to think of a team that would, Besides Alabama, even even outside of the SEC, if it's going to happen in the playoff, who could it be? Ohio State, maybe. I mean, that's really about it. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, think. But I'll, I'll say this about this season: in the top twenty-five, you've got your big schools back. I think that's. I know it may like the parody stuff's fun until they go in, like you know, like Michigan State getting up there in the in the playoffs and just getting shit canned. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to see that every year. Yeah. I mean, like that's cool and all, but, and, and I honestly, most four seeds that make it in, it's just kind of what happens. But up top, you have Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, OU, or Oklahoma, USC. That's your top. You got Miami back. Tennessee's back. Florida's up there. Texas in there. Penn State. Your big schools are in there. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I know we're missing a few, but your big schools are in there. That's really good for college football. And it's only going to get better throughout this season. Well, and I keep thinking, too, I mean, we're we're in the midst of a ton of transition and change in college football from the NIL mm-hmm. stuff. And now we're looking, is it 24 or 26 they're going to 12-team 12, 12 playoff? 24. Okay. So, I mean, we're, yeah, we're a couple seasons away. Um, yeah, man, there's there could be, we could spend a whole, obviously, a whole show on college oh. football by itself. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting. I, I'm thinking, too. I forgot about Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman, as much as I like that guy, Man. rough start. At least you're not Brian Kelly, though. At least you're not Brian Kelly. But, but guys, thanks for joining. Obviously, Blake, thanks for jumping in and connection issues. But everyone, it's so good to be back. Obviously, we'll be back Thursday. Paul Kaharski this weekend, obviously, Monday Night Football. We've got Titans watch parties in Chattanooga. Chat10.com is the place. If you have any thoughts, questions, who are we? What are we doing? Uh, check out chat10.com and fellas it's been wonderful i'm going to send this out with that beautiful intro video and i hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you guys back here on thursday much love